Come, Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, thy well beloved spouse, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Jesus tells a parable today of this householder who sowed good wheat in his field, and yet weeds come up, and he represents God the Father. He says, no, don't gather them up right away, because you may gather up the wheat with the weeds. Wait until harvest time, and then separate the weeds from the wheat. Throw the weeds into the fire to be burned. This is a reminder that although God is a merciful God, always willing to give sinners the opportunity to repent, that in the end, we will all face God in judgment. And I'd like to speak today about one of the criteria upon which we will all be judged, okay? In regard to the material goods, wealth that God has given to each of us, where we know that we are called to, to share what we have with others who are in a state of destitution, in dire need, you would say. And in doing that, well, a couple of rules apply. First of all, you know, Jesus does make it clear in the Gospels that at the end of our lives, we will have to give an accounting for all that God has given to us uh, for our stewardship. Okay. How we used the wealth that God has permitted us to acquire in this life. See, God's love and plan, he arranges that some people have greater wealth than others in order that they may use their wealth for his good purpose, that they may share their wealth with those who are really in need. You can think of another scene from the Gospel that Jesus gives us, the Last Judgment scene, the separation of the sheep from the goats. Jesus says to the sheep, is right, come, enter into my kingdom, because I was hungry, you gave me food, I was thirsty, you gave me drink, I was naked, you clothed me. Then he turns to the goats on his left, and he says, depart from me, you evildoers, into the everlasting flames. And it appears that they're confused as to why Jesus gives them this command. Why, Lord? And Jesus says, because I was hungry, and you did not feed me. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was naked and you did not clothe me. <clears throat> well, another rule in sharing our goods, being good stewards, you could say, in this world, is that we must remind ourselves all the material goods that we possess, all the wealth that we might accumulate, properly speaking, is not our own. It is God's. While the Church recognizes the right to private ownership of property, there are reasonable limitations to this right. And this is because when one considers all the goods of the earth and the needs of all the people on earth, there is an even more fundamental principle that underlies the private ownership of goods, and that is what the Church calls the universal destination of goods, 
This has been part of the church's social teaching for, for over a hundred years, beginning with Pope Leo XIII, his great encyclical, Rerum Devarum, in 1891. As our, here I'll quote our catechism. You can look this up. It's under the seventh commandment, which deals with possession of goods. Our catechism teaches, this is number 2401 in the catechism, <clears throat> the common good, that is, the good of all people as a whole and of each person individually, that's the common good, requires respect for the universal destination of goods. The goods of creation are destined for the whole human race. It goes on to teach that while the appropriation of property for private use is legitimate for guaranteeing the freedom and dignity of persons, helping them with their basic needs. This accumulation of private property should allow for a natural solidarity to develop between people. In other words, we can accumulate private property with this idea that we're in solidarity with everyone else. And this also goes by another term besides solidarity, social charity. Popes have used both terms. We're all in this together, in other words. Everyone on earth. And after saying this, the Catechism goes on to teach the right to private property acquired or received in a just way does not do away with the original gift of the earth to the whole of mankind. The universal destination of goods remains primordial. In other words, that's the fundamental principle. Even if the promotion of the common good requires respect for the right to private property and ownership. Therefore, the Catechism says, in his use of things, man should regard the external goods he legitimately owns not merely as exclusive to himself, but common to others also, in the sense that they can benefit others as well as himself. Continuing, it says, the ownership of any property makes its holder a steward of providence. See, that's how we should look at ourselves when we own property. We are stewards of God's providence, with the task of making it fruitful and communicating its benefits to others. First of all, our immediate family, we want to do that with that, going beyond the family to others in our community, to others in our country, in our world. The Catechism then teaches that political authority has the right and the duty to regulate the legitimate exercise of the right to ownership for the sake of the common good. See, this goes against the libertarian thinking, government should just stay out of our lives. No, 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 it's not the church's teaching. It's never been the church's teaching. Why is government's intervention necessary at times to assure a just, a just distribution of the goods of the earth? Well, because by reason of our fallen human nature, we tend to be naturally greedy and desire to accumulate more and more material things. Some people keep accumulating things the desire is insatiable. Think of the rich man and Lazarus, another parable that Jesus tells. By sharing our wealth with others, we learn to practice detachment from the goods that we acquire. 
And this is why the church encourages almsgiving. Here's what Pope St. Gregory the Great says, <clears throat> when we administer necessities to the indigent, what they really need, people who are really destitute, okay, we do not bestow our own, but rather render them what is theirs. We pay a debt of justice rather than doing a work of mercy. You see, if someone is destitute, we have an abundance. They have a right in justice to what we have. That's not mercy, that is justice. <clears throat> in practice, the church doesn't set a specific amount or percentage that each person must give from his or her wealth. On the one hand, Jesus tells us that when we give alms, we should not blow a horn, make a big deal of it, let others see how much we're giving. Rather, we should not let our left hand know what our right hand is doing. In other words, we should give without counting the cost. I like Blessed Mother Teresa of Calcutta's words, we should give until it hurts. On the other hand, it's helpful in practice to have some type of a standard to go by. For example, to give on a regular basis, weekly or monthly, a percentage of our wealth back to God, usually to the parish and then to um, a charity. I have my own favorite charities. I hope you have yours as well. I recall when I left school, I finished my schooling, at least part of it, okay? I went out to work full time. I began to read the Bible regularly and encountered a concept, a strange concept I had never heard of in all my years of Catholic education, um, the concept of tithing, of giving 10% of what I earned back to God right off the top. I think it was one of the things that led me to the priesthood. It taught me, it taught me detachment from material goods. If I was going to only keep 90% for myself, give it right off the top back to God. And that detachment frees us from what can be a slavery to attachment to material things and brings us true joy in our hearts, knowing that we're helping others by being generous with what God has given to us. In a couple of weeks, we will have the opportunity here at our parish to assist others in our own community in a concrete way by, um, by a collection that we're taking to contribute to the Shalom Center. You know, the Shalom Center does a lot of good feeding people and even putting people up housing. They're building, they plan to build um, a new center to, to provide our local community with what they need. And this will require a lot of money. And a second collection will be taken two weeks from today for this purpose. One of our parishioners will speak briefly. Uh, I'll try to do this maybe before the Mass <clears throat> and fill us in. Anyway, details are in this week's bulletin. I'll run the same thing for the next couple of weeks so everyone sees it. Well, I'll end my sermon today by quoting another saint, Bede, the Venerable, really sums up what I've been saying today. He says, God does not appreciate the smallness of the gift, but the greatness of the affection 
with which it is offered. Let us take those words to heart as we ponder the teaching of Christ, the teaching of the Church, and strive to be those good stewards that God calls us to be in the use of the goods that He has given us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.